You are listening to the Not Your Average Autism Mom podcast, the number one podcast for moms just like you, raising an autistic child. How are moms like us who didn't plan for this unique parenting journey embracing life just as it is right now, instead of staying stuck in wishing, hoping, and dreaming it was different? That is the question, and this podcast, along with our Let's Talk Autism newsletter and our private sisterhood, will give you the answers. My name is Shannon Urquiola, and I have been traveling this journey for over two decades. I have been where you are. All right, stay with me, and let's get on to this week's episode. Episode 61, one of our biggest fears and keeping our kids safe. Well, hey there, my friends. Welcome back. As always, I am super grateful that you are joining me today. So today's topic is not an easy one, but unfortunately, it is very common in our autism parenting world, and that is eloping or wandering. You know, roughly 50% of children diagnosed with autism are likely to wander or elope. So many families live with the fear of wandering or elopement every single day. Now, when I say wandering or eloping, those are interchangeable. I'm referring to eloping, fleeing, running, right? Basically escaping from a secure and safe location or person to often the opposite, somewhere unsecured and unsafe. Elopement is referred to by the National Institute of Elopement Prevention and Resolution as an individual with cognitive challenges or special needs who wanders, runs away from, or otherwise leaves a caregiving facility or environment. Now, you know, we're often called helicopter parents, right? And I know you know, I know that you know it's not because we want to be, but instead it's because we have to be, right? For safety. You know, for some of our families, the safety concern is so great that they often don't go out as much. And going to new places is even a greater risk that they are just sometimes not willing to take. And what happens is this ends up isolating our families and limiting their participation in so many things within their communities. And I think more often than not, we might even say our child is a runner, right? That's generally how we refer to it. And that simply means that they require a level of supervision to be safe because their tendency is to leave a safe location where in turn they would be putting themselves in danger. And, you know, that danger could be a lot of things. It could be open water. It could be falling from a high space. It could be weather, traffic, or even encountering danger with strangers, right? Now, look, we all know that this behavior is often very common in typical toddlers. But for individuals with autism, like our children, it can persist way past toddler age and even into adulthood. So there are basically three reasons why our children with autism may wander. So let me start there. The first one is what we call goal-oriented or oriented wandering, right? They have 
just an intense need or impulse because we know impulse control is very difficult for our children, right? So they have that intense need or impulse to get something or get to something or get to someone, right? Unfortunately, and as scary as it is, many of our children are fascinated with water. So that is and always should be considered. They might love trains. So if there's a train nearby or any other place or thing that they want to get to. A few years ago, I was working with a mom whose son was eloping consistently. And he. we finally figured out that what he wanted was he was trying to get to grandma's house. Which, let me just tell you, was across a very busy street. So it was super scary. I remember once when Jordan was in fourth grade and this was the first school. I think I've told this story before for some reason on the podcast, but so if you've heard it before, this is a repeat. If you're new to us, you might not have heard it, but I remember when he was in fourth grade and he was at the first school ever that he had been in, had an elevator. And Jordan loved elevators at that time. And one day I got a panicked call from the school that he had run off and they could not find him. Well, don't you know, because I am his mom and I know him so well, I immediately asked them if they had checked the elevator. Well, sure enough, guess where they found Jordan? They found him alone in the elevator, just going up and down. That's all he wanted to do was push the buttons and go up and down. And I remember when they called me and they were so panicked and seemed really surprised by my calmness. But, you know, I know him. He has and still does tend to have goal-oriented wandering. If he sees something that he is interested in, Believe me, he beelines himself right to it. So it's super important when we're out that we keep a very close eye on him. It's just always been a very big priority because we know that he has this tendency. Now, the second reason is referred to usually as bolting or fleeting. And this is generally to get away from something negative that is causing them anxiety or fear, excitement, or it might be sensory overload, right? Maybe it's too loud or too bright or too many people. Because we know for kids on the spectrum, they find it difficult to cope with many different things. So eloping is what they do to escape. And the third reason is confusion. And generally this happens in during the middle of the night, right? So it could be nighttime eloping or wandering due to them waking up and being disoriented or confused. So when you have a child who is at risk for elopement, it directly impacts your entire family. You know, I talked about this a minute ago. You're often limited in the activities that you're able to participate in outside of the home because, we, you know, just the fear of wandering. We have to take, you know, sometimes extreme measures to provide safety in our home from the inside out. So I'm going to talk about, you know, home security in a minute. 
you know, there's just a lot of things that you will likely do because you will need to be extremely cautious of who you leave your child in the care of and ensure that they are aware of all the risks and the extra precautions that they will need to take to ensure that your child doesn't run or elope or wander. Now, many times our children find that because they have challenges communicating their wants and needs, that eloping is the easiest way to get their needs met, right? I'm struggling to ask for what I want or to tell you what I want or what I want to see or who I want to see. So it's just easier for me to just take off and go. And that might be taking off to a favorite place like grandma's or even to see a favorite toy in their store. This is why making sure that you are allowing them to have a voice. And I say this all the time because, you know, look, we work with a lot of families, a lot of members inside of our membership. And, you know, we have worked with families whose children are, you know, six to 12 and they're nonverbal and they haven't worked on utilizing an AAC device, right? A communication device or a PEX picture system. Um, But that is so important. I, I just can't tell you enough why making sure that you are working towards giving them a voice to be able to tell us what they want and they need, right? It's just, you can consistently work with them on communicating, I want or I need. If they, you know, if they're verbal, it's just something that you might have to consistently work on. And if they're nonverbal, using a communication device or a PEC system, practice with them using their device to show you what they want or need. It's important to figure out why your child elopes and do your best to avoid those triggers. And I know you guys have heard me talk about, you know, I am a huge proponent of a journal, a date, event, and what's happening journal. That is one thing that I did not do with Jordan. Now, mind you, he has an entire filing cabinet full of every piece of paperwork that I've had along the way, but I didn't keep a journal. And I really wish I would have because that would have been a very quick reference when I needed to get to something instead of going to the filing cabinet. But as far as eloping goes, if you have an eloper, I definitely recommend that you start an eloping journal that will include where and when and what he or she was running away from or what they were running towards. Because what this will do is this will help you better understand so that you can be more prepared and hopefully prevent future elopements, right? I want you to ask yourself these questions. What type of wandering best describes your child? What triggers may cause your child to elope? What is their goal? Whatever that is. And it might be water. It might be trains. It might be a park. It might be a favorite food. Or it's an escape of sensory input that's causing overstimulation, right? Document what their specific interests are and share that information with school staff, family, and neighbors. You know, looking back now, 
Jordan's intense interest in the elevator at that time would have been super important for the school to have known. But I did not communicate that that with them. So also, if your child is prone to sensory overload, do consistent work on calming and de-escalation strategies for them to cope in those environments. Practice with them so that they can build that skill set to learn how to calm down without needing to escape. Now, a couple other great ideas. You could use a what we call tag your it system, right? When you're in a public place. What this does is this identifies the primary adult who is responsible for them at that time. Make sure that whoever is tag your it caregiver understands what the responsibilities and expectations are. Someone must always be responsible for ensuring their safety and knowing where they are. Another great idea is to use what we call a bookend approach, right? That puts, uh, you know, one person in front, one person in back, or one person on one side and one person on the other side. And sometimes that is absolutely necessary when you know, you have a quick little eloper. I was kind of lucky. I don't know that my big guy was ever a quick eloper, but um, he doesn't really do anything quick. So pretty sure that wasn't him. You can also do, you know, a double shoulder or arm lock to maintain physical contact when you're walking through, you know, busy places or parking lots so they don't take off. Wearing um, wearable identification, right? A medical ID bracelet or otherwise, you know, another kind of wearable ID, whether that's, you know, dog tags, shoe tags, even temporary tattoos or bright colored matching t-shirts are always a great idea for vacations or amusement parks or field trips. Another thing that uh, I actually heard this from a parent years ago, and I just think this is such a great idea to use visual prompts when you can. So you could print off Uh, download and print off stop signs and put them around your house on the doors. Post them on the doors to remind them that to stop, that they must be with an adult in order to leave. Yield, you know, I mean, be creative because obviously, you know, what works for one isn't going to work for another, but figure out what might work for to use as visual prompts around your house. Now, you should always have an elopement alert form completed as part of your caregiver plan for first responders if your child's at risk for eloping. This will have all of their personal information, a recent photo, um, any specific marks or scars, medical conditions, whether they are verbal or nonverbal, if they have a cognitive impairment, uh, if they have a uh, communication impairment, uh, like Jordan has a, you know, pretty significant stutter that, um, a lot of people can't understand him. So that's in our caregiver plan. Very important as well as their sense and level of danger along with their intense interests. Those are things that you want to have in that elopement alert form so that they're aware of where they might go. You know, there are a lot of safety precautions in your home that you will likely be considering. And I want to tell you that you need to be prepared for some people or family in your life 
not to agree with these things. And that's okay. They don't live your life and have the daily fears that you have. So, of course, they may not understand. You know, listen, when Jordan was in probably a middle school, uh, I had to have locking key locks from the inside so that he couldn't get outside. It was a fire hazard, all the things. It was just really critical because he was leaving the house in the middle of the night. What else was I going to do, right? So just know that you have to do what you have to do to keep your family safe. And you might have to put locks on your doors or your windows. You may have to have an alarm installed. And listen, you guys, today's tracking technology is amazing. There are many different tracking technology devices and systems available. Some of them are radio frequency and some are GPS. So, you know, if you're looking into them, definitely do your homework and choose the system that will best work for you and your family and where you live and satellite availability and all those things. Uh, Project Lifesaver is one of those. CareTrack, um, GeoBit. Angel Sense, those are just a few that I know the names of, but there are lots of other ones. If your child is at risk for elopement, that is just a great investment to consider. Now, if your child is a wanderer, it's also critically important that you are prepared for an elopement so that you can act quickly, which reduces their chance of harm, right? Come up with a list. Know who in your neighborhood is willing to help you search if needed. And here's the last thing. When you are going to be somewhere that you know may be a potential elopement location, be sure to have your contact information attached to your child if they're not able to tell somebody their name, phone number, or address. Super important. You know... This is one of the behaviors that comes along with our autism for our child that can be very dangerous. So prevention is key in keeping them safe. I hope this episode has been helpful and given you some new ideas or reminders of ways to keep your son or daughter safe. Thanks so much for being here with me today, and I hope that you guys have an amazing week. Until next week, make it a great week, and remember, you are doing amazing at this mom thing. Hey, so if you are loving what you are learning on the podcast, you really should check out our private membership. Our Not Your Average Autism Mom community is where we dive deeper into all of the topics we discuss on the podcast and where you can get individual help and learn coaching tools that will make your life better every day when you learn to manage your mind. You will have access to all of our training and resources that you will need along your autism parenting journey. And you will develop relationships with other moms just like you 
all raising a child with autism. It is my absolute favorite place to be. So head on over to the website at www.notyouraverageautismom.com to get all the details. And please, if we're not open right now for new members, we only open a couple times a year. Be sure to join the wait list so that you'll be the first to know when we're going to open. I hope you do. I would love to work with you inside.